Blog Talk Radio. Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you want to just listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. You can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go into our chat room, which I will be opening right about now. It's open. You can go into our chat room and you can ask questions, leave your comments, or you're welcome to leave your prayer request. I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers Tabernacle Church, where our senior pastor is Pastor Otis Logan. If you're ever in the Dallas area, 
feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. I want to thank each and every one who supports this program. Thank you all for listening, and also thank you for your prayers and support. Yes, yes, yes. I have a question. Have you ever been so mad that you lose it? Many people think that it don't happen within the church. There are a lot of people who would not just get upset or get angry, those that are not saved, but even those who are saved. It happens to just about everyone, regardless if you're saved or not. But many things can happen in life that can cause the nicest, most loving person to snap. On this show today, we're going to talk about the dangers of uncontrolled anger, how to manage it, and many more things in the episode called Angry and Ready to Fight. Like I said, it can happen to anyone. And unfortunately, people think because a person get upset or they see someone get upset one time, they label that person angry no matter what situation had happened. It's almost like people don't allow others to get upset for whatever reason. So we want to talk about there is a, it is actually healthy to even be upset. And it's not a sin to be upset. We first want to tell you, what is anger? One aspect is that it's an emotional reaction categorized by extreme displeasure, rage, indignation, or hostility. And it is considered to be one of the most aggressive or emotional levels that we have as human beings. Now, I do want to say this disclaimer. I'm not a licensed physician. I'm not. We're discussing this, and I would suggest those who may want to speak to a Christian counselor, I would recommend that you do that. Also, I would encourage those, don't be afraid to seek out a Christian counselor. That doesn't mean that you ain't saved. That doesn't mean that you don't trust God. Those are licensed people who God has allowed with the knowledge and the tools to help, and that is their ministry. So I want to recommend you're welcome to do so. Don't let anything or anyone discourage you from seeking professional help. But also, anger 
being a strong emotion. It has many plus and minus, depending upon what level, as we speak later on in the show, it depends upon if you decide to hold on to it or not. Now, angry people, even in the Bible, are often described as hot-tempered and quick-tempered. A hot-tempered man stir up dissension, but a patient man calms a squammer, or if you want to say a fight. That's from Proverbs 15 and 18. Anger in the Old Testament is most frequently in the Hebrew. It means a word that means nose or nostrils. What does that mean? That means if you really look at a person who becomes angry, watch their nose. Their nose flare. And think about it. Think about that's the exterior of the result of anger. Imagine what it does on the inside. Now, a long face, or if you want to say a long nose, means slow to anger. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. That's from Psalms 145 and 8. But shorter face or a nose, meaning quick to anger. A quick-tempered man does foolish things. That's from Proverbs 14 and 17. But what are one of the reasons why people become angry? The first we want to talk about, most people get angry over hurt. A betrayal by an enemy is certainly a good reason to be angry. A betrayal by an enemy can hurt our feelings, but a betrayal by a friend deeply wounds our soul. See, everybody expects the opposition from those that are outside of our circle. But what happens when that problem or that opposition comes from within our circle. It could be a close friend. It could be family. And the closer the confidence that betrayed us is, the deeper the hurt. And once a person is hurt, they're hurt from within, but also what happens? Trust. Your trust is broken. Now, there's a little checklist for anger. For those who want to get back, you can ask, you can answer these questions into your head, or you can write it down 
these are some of the questions we want you to think about. And seeking to identify your anger cues, you can place a check or you can write down a jot down if this applies to you. Do you have a decreased appetite? Do you feel unusually cold or hot? Do you feel flushed? Do you clench your fist? Do you become silent, shut down verbally? Do you breathe faster and harder than normal? Hmm. Do you walk hard, fast, or pace back and forth? Now, that is me right there. Do you use language that is inappropriate, harsh, coarse, that include gossip, sarcasm, or even foul language? But think about this. Do you feel tense in your muscles? Do you have an increased perspiration? Do you clench your teeth? Do you experience dry mouth? Do you use loud, rapid, high-pitched speech? Do you experience an upset, chirping stomach? Do you have twitching or anxious behavior such as having a pencil or shaking a foot? Do you feel your heart racing? See, once you've identified your anger cues, you will be able to better position to a quick identification of what you become angry at, then you can direct your energy to produce a positive outcome. But think about anger and your health. Can anger cause a serious heart problem? The answer is yes. Anger can actually cause a trigger of a potential daily heart rhythm. Now, before I go any further, I want to do this. I want to insert this because a lot of times people just automatically think, okay, anger. We want to identify two stages. I want to insert this right quick. If we go to Ephesians Ephesians. 4 and 26. I'm going to get to that right now. Stop what I'm doing so we can talk about this because I feel like this is important for us to identify. Ephesians 4 and 6. Start at 26. I'm going to read 26 and I'm going to go all the way down to 31. I'm going to read from the Holman Christian Standard Version. 
it says this. It says, be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And don't give the devil an opportunity. The thief must no longer steal, but instead he must do honest work. Excuse me. The thief must no longer steal. Instead, he must do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with someone in need. No foul language is to come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it comes grace, so grace can come to those who hear. We're going to jump to 31. All bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting and slander must be removed from you along with all malice. Now, 26 tell us, be angry and sin not. But then on 31, it says all bitterness, anger, and wrath. Now, the reason why I wanted to stop and insert Ephesians 26 in right now, verse 26 says, be angry. Now, even though it's the same word, but the anger in verse 26, is different than the anger in verse 31. Because we have to remember, the Bible was not originally written in English. This is the New Testament, so the New Testament was written in Greek. So the original meaning of anger in verse 26, it means Whenever you become aware that you're angry, that means get rid of it immediately. That's why the Bible tells us be angry and sin not. That means it's okay to be angry, but when you become angry, when you become aware of it, you immediately get rid of it. But on verse 31, Verse 31 is anger that you refuse to let go of. If you want to compare 26 anger to 31 anger, think about verse 26 anger as a cigarette. A cigarette that's thrown in the forest. Many trees, many leaves. Now, as soon as that cigarette is thrown on the ground in the forest, what do we need to do is get it out immediately. Put it out immediately. If you don't put it out immediately, what happens? That means that little cigarette, if not taken out, can cause the whole forest to catch on fire. That's what 
verse 31 is. In other words, that anger has control of your mind, of your will, of your emotions. That's uncontrolled anger or anger that was not put out at its early stages. Remember, 26 tells us when you become aware that you're angry, immediately, number one, forgive. Forgive, which forgiveness is not just for the other person, but forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness frees you from becoming hostage of whatever that person did. You no longer become a slave to anger. Anger does not control you when you put it out at its early stage. But unfortunately, if you don't get it out, if you don't put it out, what happens, that little spark turns into a blaming flame, a blaming, a flaming blaze of fire in the forest. And that controls, that consumes your mind. It consumes your will. It consumes your emotions. Think about this. That means your response to everything in life is centered around getting revenge. So I want to I wanted to say like I said there is a difference so we have to recognize when we become aware of our anger it has to be treated immediately and like I said if it's not treated immediately then it creates other problems what happens with uncontrolled anger Anger is the root of many things, be physically, mentally, emotionally. Anger is the root of unforgiveness. So we have to make sure that we become aware. We have to do a self, if you want to call it self-analyzation a self-diagnosis daily, daily, each moment, each moment, each moment, each moment, you have a chance. Make sure you examine yourself. A mature person examines themselves, but an immature person ignores or they willfully want to hold on to that. Now, like I said, when we forgive someone, that does not mean that we like what they did. But we become aware that if we hold on to unforgiveness, it doesn't damage the other person. It damages us. It creates havoc in our own life. So we have to put it out immediately. And once again, forgiveness, if you choose to not forgive someone because of what they did or what they said, you're damaging yourself. Unforgiveness is not going to damage the other person. Holding on to unforgiveness is just like you drinking a poison and you're expecting the other person to die. 
No, you're going to get hurt. You're the one that's going to suffer because of you not letting forgiveness into your heart. But also what we have to do is realize just because you forgive someone, that does not mean that you trust them. You you can forgive someone, you can forgive the person, and you can forgive the act, but that doesn't mean that you have to trust them. So asking God to help you to make peace, to be able to love people from a distance. So I just had to insert that in there. So when we look at the danger of holding on to anger, think about some of the consequences of unresolved anger. You think about a volcano. A volcano is there. A volcano is present. When there is no lava that's coming out, when the volcano is not erupt, we're aware that the volcano is there. And you can walk around the volcano all you want, but you're aware and you're listening. For when you begin to see and hear, uh uh-oh, when you begin to hear the volcano erupting, what do you need to do? Immediately take cover. So if you don't take cover, you end up getting killed. So the same thing pertaining to anger. Prolonged anger fans the flames of bitterness and fuels unforgiveness. Refusing to face your feelings in a healthy way prolongs unresolved anger until it eventually becomes harboring anger. Unresolved anger not only creates a rift between you and God, but also damages your body, destroys your emotions, and also damages relationships. Whether you recognize it or not, extended anger can cause significant physical, emotional, and spiritual problems. We have to look at Matthew 5 and 22. It tells us, I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. But also, even in the Bible, it does tell us, if you have an ought against your brother or sister, what do you do? Before you give your gift to God, you put your gift at the table or at the altar, and you make it with your brother or your sister. In other words, you make it right. Now, you do your part, but if your brother or sister don't receive you or receive your uh, forgiveness, that's not your problem. The main thing, you did what you're supposed to. Now, if you think that your brother or sister has something against you, then you still go to them. Well, of course, you pray first. Pray and ask God to help you set the scene and for you to be able to make peace within yourself, even if your brother or sister don't receive it. Now, 
Unresolved anger is known to produce many people. Excuse me. Unresolved anger is known to produce in many people some of the following physical, emotional, and spiritual symptoms. Let's think about physical. Blurred visions, headaches, heart disease, high blood pressure, high blood pressure, insomnia, indigestion disorder, overeating, stomach disorder. Let's look at the emotional. The emotional anxiety, bitterness, depression, fear, insecurity, phobia, worry. Let's look at the spiritual symptoms. The spiritual symptoms, a loss of confidence, feeling insecure about your relationship with God, and your ability to respond wisely to difficulties. A loss of energy, lack of strength for some in service to God and to others. A loss of faith, falling or failing to believe that God is working in your life. Loss of freedom, becoming a prisoner of your emotions and Unable to serve God freely. A loss of identity. Becoming like the person towards whom you are bitter at. Rather than becoming like Christ. Like I say, who you end up hating is who you end up becoming. So that's part of it. Let me finish reading the rest of it. It's a loss of sensitivity, failing to hear the Spirit of God speaking to your heart. A loss of perspective, allowing your emotions to distort your thinking. Also, a loss of vision, losing a sense of God's purpose for your life. Unresolved anger produces bitterness, and the Bible links bitterness with being in bondage to sin. Acts 8 and 23 tells us, I see that you are filled or full of bitterness and captive to sin. That's Acts 8 and 23. But ask yourself, do you have any hidden anger? Think about this. Do you become irritable over strife? Do you smile on the outside while you're hurting or enraged on the inside? Do you find your identity or worth in excessive work? In other words, do you hide yourself with work? Do you deny ever being impatient? Do you have to have the last word? Do those close to you say that you blame others? Do you feel emotionally flat? Do you find yourself quickly fatigued? Do you have a loss of interest in life? Do you become easily frustrated? If you find that you do have anger, a hidden anger, follow this clear directive from the Word of God. Listen to, you can write down, Colossus 3 and 8. 
You must rid yourself of all such things, such as anger, wrath, malice, and filthy language from your lips. But think about anger and irrational thinking. Do you, or why do some angry people become irrational over their thinking? Some people are angry. They're a problem solver. Their problem solving ability plummets because in their body they have adrenaline. They have glands that immediately prepare for their body to fight or flight. And somehow, sometimes, some of that fight and flight does not occur. And they highly or their highly energized body are often difficult to calm down. But let's ask this. Do you act or react when you become angry? Think about this. Do you feel that you're not being heard? Do you feel that you're not being valued? Do you feel that your words are unimportant when people talk, when you talk to people? Do you feel that no one is listening? Think about that. So let's think let's let's ask yourself this. When when you have a tactful word, do you have compassion with your words? Do you see the other people's point of view? Or do you see only your view? Do you want to help the one who angers you, or do you want to punish the one who angers you? Do you focus on your own faults, or do you focus only on the fault of others? Do you have a realistic expectation? That's appropriate, but let's look at the inappropriate. Do you have an unrealistic expectation? This will get appropriate. Do you have a flexible and cooperative attitude? Or do you have a rigid and non-cooperative attitude? Do you forgive personal injustice? Or do you have difficulties forgiving injustice? Do you act in a gracious way, trusting God with the outcome? Or do you manipulate or intimidate to control the outcome? Do you trust God to exercise justice according to his timing? Or do you insist on justice according to your timing? Hmm. Something to think about. But let's go to Colossians 3 and 12. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Let's look at this. Does anger, does anger affect 
the way we think? The answer is yes. Anger has a long-term impact on the way we think. The high level of, there's a word that says, cortisol, which is often the result of anger and stress, are directly linked to damage of the, it's a part of the brain that's very important for learning, recalling, and logic. But also, high blood pressure level experienced for a long-term period of time is also linked to loss of brain tissue. Hmm. So how appropriate that today's sign could actually come up with those truths that's actually linked to God's word. Proverbs 13 and 3 tells us, He who guards his lips guard his life. But he who speaks harshly will become ruined. I wanted to get to these these four steps right here, and then we're going to go to the phone line. Let's talk about four steps or four sources of anger. Throughout the natural world, unexpected fire can be started and fueled by at least four sources. Seeping oil, seeping gas, molten lava, or coal bedded. That's a flammable gas that can be mining explosive. In a similar way, anger is typically started and fueled by at least one or four sources. Hurt, Injustice, fear, or frustration. Therefore, anger is a second response to one of the four things which are the root of it. Hurt. Your heart is wounded. Everyone has God-given inner need for unconditional love. When you experience rejection, or emotional pain of any kind, anger can become a protective wall, keeping people, pain, and hurt away. Number two, injustice. When you feel that your rights are violated, everyone has the knowledge of right and wrong, fair and unfair, just and unjust. When you perceive an injustice in your life has occurred, especially to those that you love. You may feel angry. If you hold on to that offense, the unresolved anger can become or can become the root of your heart. Three, fear. Your future is threatened. Everyone is created with a God-given inner need for security. When you begin to worry, feel threatened, or receive anger, anger because of a change in circumstances, 
you may you may be responding to fear. A fearful heart reveals a lack of trust in God's perfect plan for your life. Also for frustration. Frustration that maybe your performance, your your work, your work, your abilities are not being accepted or appreciated. Everyone has a God-given inner need for significance. When your efforts are thwarted or not met, your own personal expectations, your sense of significance can be threatened. Frustration over unmet expectations of yourself or of others is a major source of anger. But also think about this. Can depression be caused by anger? Yes. If you have anger but do not process and release over time, your anger can turn inward, which often produces depression. But there are other causes of depression as well. There is a clinical depression, which can result when a physical body does not naturally produce essential mood-elevating chemicals. Think about the chemical depression can develop when medication interferes with the production of certain items, certain chemicals within your body. Postpartum depression occurs in some mothers when their hormone levels drop following the birth of a baby. And also situational depression is caused by a painful situation in which the heart is grieved. For example, a death of a loved one, a divorce, a loss of a job, or the end of a relationship. Regardless of the cause of the person's depression, hope and praise are effective antidotes. If you don't mind, I'm going to put a pause right now, and we're going to go to the phone line for those who may want to have questions or comments at this time. We're going to go to the first caller right here. Hello, welcome to Reconnect My Heart radio program. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes, ma'am. How you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I just wanted to um, speak on the topic because I have been angry before, and it is good to um, to um, not hold that in. Like at one time, it was. I'm just saying. I'm say it was family members and. This person, um, I I was close to, and they, um, she told me, like, what the other family member said and how um, I wasn't going to amount to nothing in life and how she was going to do better than me. And um, at first, it didn't, it didn't really, like, it didn't really mean nothing, but then I started thinking about it, and it kind of, it kind of hurted me. I was hurt by it. And I was holding that in, and um, it was changing the mood of my day. And 
um, I can feel that um, I can feel that I was angry. And um, um, it did, yes, it did hurt. But after a while, I decided to um, forgive. Like, holding that in, it doesn't, it doesn't do you any good. It took a toll. And I actually, and it wasn't really anything serious. That little comment, it wasn't anything really serious. But it was serious to me, and I started, well, I started thinking, like, well, maybe I'm not. Maybe I won't, you know. But, um... I had prayed to God, and I asked him to take anything out of me, and I just wanted to forgive um, what that person had said. And that person didn't even know that I knew. Um, she didn't even know that it was, it actually made me angry. But um, when I asked God to forgive, uh, well, when I asked myself to forgive that person, it actually, I felt better about it. And then recently that person, um, actually called me and they told me how they were proud of me and they felt like they just they just needed to say that to me and I had already forgiven them even though they didn't know but um it kind of was a relief it was a relief mm-hmm. I don't know why that was a relief to me I was like okay it was like now it's like it was clear and I just I thank God for that because it is um holding anger and can hurt can really hurt you and it can mess up the person that you're becoming and the person that you're trying to become in the future. And, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, and you know what? Number one, I thank you. I thank you for your transparency and your testimony. And you know what? To be honest with you, a lot of times the devil will not use strangers or people that we don't know. Because if people that don't know us say something to us, it don't it don't have a an effect versus those that know us, those that supposed to know us, those that are within our circle, those that are friends, but most importantly our family. And the devil would try to use those that are close to you because he knows that he can get a reaction out of us. And and unfortunately it just if we look at it from a bigger standpoint if we could look at it as, you know what, that's the distraction that the devil may try to put forth because that person really don't know who I am. And unfortunately, sometimes that person, that person, they may know you just on a limited level. They know you just only on what they want to know of you. But then there are those who may even be your friends. They know who you are completely. And sometimes even with family, in their eyesight, you'll never grow up. They'll always treat you as that little girl or that little boy that they used to babysit, you know, when you were five or six years old. And now you 45 years old, 47 years old, but they still treat you like you were five or six years old. But um, but I'm so glad that you didn't allow that to define who you are, and that actually shows your maturity for you to be able to not just forgive them, but for you to be able to even be ready, be willing to receive that. Because if 
if you didn't ask God to help you to forgive, get that out of your heart, that may not have set the stage or that may have hindered that person coming back to you to tell you. That person that told you that, they were confirming what God has already given you. And so I really, really, really appreciate you even being at that level to be able to release it, but most importantly, wanting to release it. <clears throat> if you don't mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the next caller, but please don't hang up. I'm going to come back to you, okay? Okay. Okay. Go to the next caller. Hello, Rick. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart Radio Program. You're on the air. <clears throat> Hello? Hello? Okay. One more time. Caller, you there? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> See, man, I really appreciate that testimony. And, you know, that... That's one of the reasons why we wanted to be able to bring this up pertaining to anger because it happens in life. Unfortunately, we deal with it, but God has allowed us to have help. Of course, we have his word, but also we draw strength from one another. So that, I hope and pray that even what that young lady shared, her testimony, I hope that it encouraged those who may not have a voice or maybe those who may feel like, you know what, can I live beyond this hurt that I received from this family member or this close friend or whatever? And the answer is, yes, you can. But like we have a, a few more minutes, what I'm going to do is uh, continue to speak about uh, uh, just a little bit more things. You know, not just anger that people deal with pertaining to other people, but sometimes some people may become angry at God. Yes, that does happen. But what we have to do, because I'm going to say it like this, some people may become angry because a death of a loved one or just situations, I mean, just different situations, so many to name, but what we have to realize in resolving that anger towards God, we got to remember, excuse me, we got to remember God's character. God is just. God's ways are just. God is love. God loves. We have to also know God's purpose. He will bring good out of evil. He turns your sorrow into joy. He uses your suffering to produce perseverance, character, and hope within you. But also, you can write down Romans 5, 3 through 5. We also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts. Also, 
he uses our trouble to teach us compassion. Another thing we we can remember, weeping may endure but a night, but joy comes in the morning. But God can allow all things to work out for our good. So we also have to remember and know God's plans. He will grant eternal life to you and all who entrust their lives to Christ. He will bless you if you persevere under trials. He will bring his righteous judgment on those who do evil on you, towards you. He will one day make everything new for his believers. But also look at Job. Job, who at one time had anger towards God, ultimately realized that he had misplaced anger with deep remorse, and he admitted he was wrong. That was Job 42, 2, then 5, and 6. It says, I know that you can do all things. No plans of yours can be dwarfed. My ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. <clears throat> so what we're going to do as we get ready to wrap up, we're going to talk about the last couple of things. Realize your unresolved anger. Admit you have harboring anger in your heart and confess it as sin. Ask God to reveal all of your unresolved anger. Admit to the wise, unjudgmental friend or counselor that you have harbored anger towards. Ask God to help you to see your sin as he sees your sin. Say to the Lord, I confess my iniquities. I am troubled by my sins. That's Psalms 38 in 18. Also, revisit your root feelings. Do you feel hurt, rejected, betrayed, unloved, or ignored? Do you experience injustice? Did you experience injustice? Did you feel that you were cheated? You were wronged? You were attacked? Did you feel fearful? threatened, insecure, out of control, or powerless? Did you feel frustrated, inadequate, inferior, hindered, or controlled? Release your rights regarding the offense. Release your rights to hear, I'm sorry, to the offense. Release your rights to dwell on the offense. Release your rights to hold on to the offense. Release your rights to bring or bring it up the offense. In other words, even if that person never comes to us and apologizes, act as if they did. Don't hold on or wait for someone to come and apologize. 
or repent to you. We're not going to do that. We're going to live in spite if we hear it or not. It can be delayed. It can be denied, but it would not define who we are if they don't come to us. Some people, there was a song that Garth Brooks that said, uh, not Garth Brooks, uh, George Strait, some fools never learn. So no matter what, we're moving on. We're living on and relied upon God, not their apology. If they apologize, then that's fine, that's dandy. But we're not going to hold our breath or stop our life to wait for them to apologize to us. Recognize your need to forgive. Make a list of each of your hurts. Release each one to God. Pray to those who persecute you for whatever is broken in them. Give your desires, give your desires for revenge to God. Do not strike back or retaliate. Because remember, the Bible tells us, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And when you do things God's way, then that gives him the responsibility to handle the situation. But as long as we interfere, or some people, we, we, we say it like this, we're going to help God out. And we always mess it up. So we have to stay out of it and trust that God is working behind the scene to fix it. But we're not going to try to figure out how he's going to fix it. We're just trusting and knowing that it's in his hands and all things going to work together for our good. So we're going to forgive, release it. And we're going to rejoice in God's purpose for allowing our pain. Thank God for the ways he will use this in the trials of our life. Thank God for how he will use your your resolve anger for the good of others. He's going to use it when we give it to him. Thank God for his promise to restore you after a time of suffering. He's going to do it. Thank God for his promises to use all the pain, all the hurt, all the misunderstanding to make us stronger, firm, and steadfast. But we have to remember this. We have to ask ourselves, if we wanna if we wanna just take inventory and just ask, is it something is it something worth missing out a better quality of life for? Do we really wanna hold on to that unresolved anger? Do we really wanna hold on to it? But also some of the things we need to do where we can just look at it. Is this something that I need to handle or is it something I can't handle? If we can't handle it, if it's something that we can't fix, then we need to leave it alone. But if it's something that we can fix, then hurry up and fix it. Think about this. I have boiled down all the efforts to manage anger to the most basic steps. Ask yourself this. Can I change the situation? 
If you can change the situation, change it immediately. Immediately. If you can't change the situation, leave it alone. Second thing, your action. If you can change it, if you can't release it, let go. Let go back. Let's go back to the first step. If you can change what angers you, change it. If you can't, let it alone. You have to make sure to look at if something that's in your life, if you leave it there, nobody's going to pick it up. If nobody picks it up, it's going to stay there. It's just like you living in a big old house by yourself. You make a mess. The only person that's going to clean up that mess is you. So it's your responsibility to look at what's going on and put it in the right hands, which is God. But you have to want to. God's not going to make you give it to him. He wants you to come to him freely because he's the only one that can do it. He's the only one that can handle this situation. So if there's anyone that have unresolved issues in their life, I would urge you to give it to God at this time. If there's anyone that may feel like, you know what, I recognize I have a problem with anger, but I don't know how to let it go. Trust God and seek God and ask him to help you because there's nothing too hard for God, but also God is concerned about every area of your life. There's nothing too big or nothing too small. And also realize no matter how long you've been dealing with it, you've been dealing with it for far too long. You might be a grown adult and it might have been something that happened in your childhood. It's time for you to be free from that hurt. It's time for you to be free of that anger because to be honest with you, it affects area area of your life. It affects the people. And I don't care how you try to hide it, people recognize it. People can recognize spirits. See, spirits are something that can't be hid. People feel, people feel anger. They call it, hmm, it, 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 it's, it's an aura. They call it an aura that people can feel. And so no matter how long you've been dealing with it, give it to God. And also, like I said, I recommend earlier, there are trusting Christian counselors around that you can go to, that you can talk to, that will help you. Remember this, First Peter 5 and Seven tell us, cast all of our anxieties upon him, for he cares for you. God loves you. He's concerned about you. He's concerned for you. Also, I would recommend there is a book by June Hunt. June Hunt. The name of the book is entitled... Anger, Facing the Fire Within. Her name is June Hunt. June, like in the month of June, 
Hunt. H-U-N-T. June Hunt. And there are some more other books, but that one right there is the main one that uh, that I like. Also, there's another book called Total Forgiveness. I highly recommend that. For those who want that information, you can email me or you can text me and I'll give you that, that uh, author's name too. But Total Forgiveness, being able to free yourself from unforgiveness. But ultimately, look at it like this. Jesus Christ died on the cross and he died for our sins. He died for our hurt. He died for us to have the better or the quality of life that he has for us. So how about we just come and no matter what situation occurred in our life, no matter who hurted us, who abandoned us, who talked about us, who lied on us, we're going to give them the, over to God but also if there's anyone else that have any other situation in their life, we're going to touch and agree that God come in and heal and bring the help that is needed because he's the only one that can fix it. And even if situations don't change, we're going to be all right because we're trusting in God no matter what. The Heavenly Father, we're coming to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God. Lord, we first, we want to thank you, Lord, for being a great God. God, we thank you, Lord, for being our help, being our source right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask, Lord, to help those who may be dealing with anger, God, unresolved anger, no matter how long or how short they've been dealing with, God. God, we're speaking, God, that you expose and that you remove every hurt, every anger, every rage right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, you see the root of the problem, God. You know what happened, God, and we speaking, God, that you address it right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we speaking, God, that you heal every wound, every scar, and every scar tissue right now. In the name of Jesus, and Satan, bind everything you stand for. We bind every problem, bind every confusion right now. In the name of Jesus, what the devil meant for evil, God will turn it for our good. And God, we even forgive those who hurted us, who trespassed against us, God. God, help us, God, to release any and everything that's unlike you, God. And God, we're not seeking revenge anymore, God. We release that to you right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we're speaking, God, that you put out the flames of fire that might have been instilled in the spirit of those, God, who might have been hurt right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we even stand in the gap for those who may have, they may not know what they were doing, God, but God, we yet forgive them, God. No matter what the slander was or the accusation was, God, we forgive them, God. And God, we stand in the gap even for them, God. God, help them, God. They might have been operating and hurt themselves, God. God, we know that hurt people hurt other people, God. And God, we speak, God, that you help them, God, to be healed right now. In the name of Jesus, give them that desire to get it right before you right now, God. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, not so much for the hurt, God, but God, what we learned from the hurt, God. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be a testimony, God, of your goodness and your mercy right now, God. And God, what you're going to do, God. God, this would not hinder our purpose, but this would advance our purpose right now. Every spiritual gift, God, will still come out. It does not define who we are, what we went through, God. We're still an overcomer right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it right now. And Lord, we're speaking, God, for those who may be physically hurt, mentally hurt, emotionally hurt, God. 
Touch them, God. Hear their emotions right now, God. Those who may be grieving right now, God. God, we speak, God, that you comfort them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, there may be some, God, who don't know what their purpose is, God, who may feel lost, God. We speak, God, that you help them, you guide them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we thank you for the testimony that's coming from this right now. In the name of Jesus, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in to this show. Feel free to call me, uh, contact me on Facebook on Brother Prater. You can read my daily devotions and videos on my page. Also, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, or you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.org. You can see my daily devotions at upcoming events and personal appearances. Also, if you want, you can go to my store section on my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to applaud the fathers who are taking care of their responsibilities, to educate and challenge those who are not, also to give single women a way to identify the qualities of a potential future husband and or fathers to present or future children. I want to thank each and everyone who tuned in to the show. Thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart radio program. God bless you, and good night. <laughs>